Hello, everyone. It is the weekend. I am Steph Lee, the founder of Host Agency Reviews, and you are tuning in for the Friday 15. So excited. Uh, we've got some great questions this week. So let's go ahead and jump in. So our first, whoops, wait, I'm on the wrong, I've got the wrong list. Hold on. All right. Our first question today comes in from Prudence. So thanks for writing in, Prudence. Uh, if I have an independent true number and also join a host agency, is it legal to book some clients through the host and others independently using my true number? I am trying to understand how it is possible for agents to make the transition from hosted to independent agency. Thank you. That's a great question, Prudence. So for those that aren't familiar with the true number, that's one of the accreditation options that are out there. I'll put a link in the notes to the different accreditation options so you can kind of learn the difference if you're not familiar with them. But what Prudence is looking for is, so right now she's hosted, so she's using someone else's accreditation number, but she also has got her own and she's kind of wondering, how do I make that switch and make sure that everything's legal? So there's two, well, there's a couple things you're going to want to look at, Prudence. The first thing I would say is you'll want to be aware of uh, the seller of travel licensing laws or uh, let me share my screen really quick. Um, so the seller of travel laws are just some states within the United States um, require that you have an or you be registered to sell travel. Um, and those seller of travel registrations, um, you'll need to have them. So if you're getting them through your host agency, you'll want to get them on your own as an independent agency and get signed up for them. So let me, all right, here's my, the site. So up on the type, um, up on the top, if I type in um, seller of travel, and then you'll see something that says, do I need a travel agency license? And that's our article. So on this one, it'll go through the states where you need to have your own seller of travel accreditation. So you may actually, if you're hosted, already have your own seller of travel license, just because um, sometimes the things that you're required to do to, to get that licensing and registration through your host agency, it's like jumping through a lot of hoops and some people prefer just to do it on their own. But um, as you can see in here, there are five states um, with regulations. So California and Florida are the big, one, big, big ones to know. They're the ones with the most complex and probably the most enforced registration states. We've also got uh, Washington and Hawaii. And then there's um, some other random states that have not necessarily seller of travel registrations, but some other things. So I'll put the link into this licensing article, Prudence, so you can take a look at it um, and figure out if you need to get your own or not. So that's one thing you want to look at. The other thing is your E&O insurance or your errors and in admissions insurance. So you may, again, a lot of people end up getting this through their host agency. And if that's the case, if you're booking travel on your own and you're putting that towards your accreditation number, the problem is going to be if anything happens on that trip that you booked outside of your host agency that is not covered underneath their errors and in admissions insurance. And for those that aren't familiar with errors and admissions insurance, I'm sure you can guess we have an article on it. So again, let me uh, share my screen really quick. And I'm just going to go um, up to the search bar on the top and I'm going to type in, um, you know, E and the ampersand and then O. So the first article that pulls up is do travel agents need, you know, insurance. And that is what we want. 
So E&O stands for errors and emissions. And the best way for you to think about this is it's insurance in case you get sued. So while it has the word errors and emissions, it makes you think that if you make an error or you forget and omit something very, very important to your clients, like that they need to have a visa to enter the country, that this insurance will cover you, but that is actually not the case. Um, so read up on this article and make sure that if you do get your own accreditation number, you're also probably going to want to get E&O insurance with that. So those are, those are the big things I would look at. The other thing, Prudence, that you may want to take a peek at as well is your, um, let's see, your contract with your current host agency. They shouldn't have anything in there that says you can't start off on your own or you can't join another host agency. But just read through the contract just to make sure you're understanding what you need to do if you leave, if you can transfer bookings to your new um, accreditation number, things like that. So uh, hopefully that answers your question, Prudence. That's a wonderful question and congrats on going off on your own. Um, that's very exciting. Uh, and before we get into our next um, our next question, I want to remind people, if this is something you like, we do it every Friday at 12 p.m. Central Time. We answer your industry questions. So you can submit them at hostagencyreviews.com slash Friday15. And if you like what you're doing, make sure to go ahead and subscribe to the channel or to the podcast so that you never miss another episode. Uh, and let's see, here's our other question. So this one is coming in from, let's see, Princeton. So Princeton says, oops, scrolling back up. All right. Princeton says, I wanted to start this by saying thank you for all the information you provide. It is overwhelming, but worth it. You are more than welcome, Princeton. This is what we love doing. So I wanted to ask a question really pertaining to niche. I am in a wheelchair pretty much full time. I came up with the name Free Motion Travel as a play to be able to travel despite any limitations. I want to be able to provide vacation planning for those in wheelchairs, something more than just cruises. I don't have much money up front, but I want to be able to do all the trainings and be able to provide a one-stop place for travel. Would you be able to recommend a host agency that would help build a legit brand in a space that I feel is really needed? So Princeton, I'm going to agree with you that this is an area that isn't well served within the travel community. With cruises, especially with ocean cruises, definitely there's a lot more accessibility options available. But when it comes to tour operators and hotels, especially when you're talking in Europe where they have the existing infrastructure and they don't have the ADA um, compliance going on, it can be a lot more difficult. But there are some really great resources for you. Unfortunately, I don't, I can't recommend a specific host that really focuses on accessibility because I don't know of one, honestly. Um, they, um, you know, I, I don't know if you know this or not, Princeton, but sometimes I'm actually in a power wheelchair or a push wheelchair sometimes um, due to the, I have an autoimmune disease called cryoglobulinemia that can really affect my ability to move. Um, and traveling is very difficult when you're in a wheelchair and there's a lot of things you need to know. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy that you're, you're entering this foray. So I have a couple of resources for you that are going to help you out. Um, the first one is I, on one of our previous podcasts, I interviewed Becky Kirby. 
Um, I can't remember the number right now of the episode, but I will link to it in the show notes. But we talk about accessible travel, things that travel advisors should be thinking about. You as a wheelchair user yourself will know the things that are missing from your trip and what you need to tell other travelers in wheelchairs. But that's a great listen um, just in general to get some ideas on things. The other thing I would say is there's a really wonderful conference. I actually haven't been myself. Um, but Becky, the woman I interviewed for this podcast has gone to it. And when I look at their site, it's amazing. So it's somebody that's, um, it's called travel ability, um, the travel ability conference. I'll look link to it in the show notes, but it's the, the conference really focuses on bringing together people within the travel industry. And it's much broader than just travel advisors. Um, it brings in tech companies, it brings in suppliers. They have a lot of great diverse and um, very committed speakers within there. So if you can attend that, that would be a great way to do networking with different suppliers and get different ideas. And their resources section, even if you're only able to visit their website, their resource section um, has a whole bunch of suppliers and different resources for people that are looking to sell accessibility travel. So I would, I, I'll put a link in there, would really recommend checking it out. And even if you just look at the speakers is what I did. I looked at the speakers because there's so many of them and then looked them up online. And I learned so many different resources from it um, beyond their resources page. There's a lot of cool people out there doing cool things within that space. Um, two other ones I would recommend. So uh, let's see, what's the name of it? Um, Accessible Travel Solutions is the name of a supplier that works with travel advisors and also travelers um, that are in wheelchairs to provide them, you know, safe and fun travels across the world. So that would be someone if as a travel advisor, you would want to connect with to sell their products because they're very, they know these destinations really well. They know what people in wheelchairs need. Um, and so I would encourage you to reach out to them and I'll put a link to their website uh, in the, the comments. And they also, I, I think they won a Magellan Award a few years ago, which is through Travel Weekly. Um, so they're involved in the travel agency space pretty heavily, which is nice. And then the last one, I would say there's a bunch of on the Travel Ability Conferences website, you're going to see a lot of different speakers. Like I said, there's people with blogs. There's um, and one I found a couple years ago that I really liked was wheelchairtravel.org. It's a man that has a blog uh, that writes about traveling in a wheelchair. He's, I think he travels something like 200 days a year. I mean, it sounds exhausting and terrible to me, but he loves what he's doing, and his blog is so helpful. Has a lot of up to date information. Uh, so I'm really glad you reached out, Princeton. Please feel free to email me if you have any other questions. This is something that's um, you know, near and dear to my heart as well. So I would love to hear how things are going and help you out along the way at all. That, of course, goes for all the listeners, too. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to either myself or anyone on the team. Um, we love helping people not only start their agencies, but to grow their agencies and help connect them to resources. So that is about it, everybody. We're only going to do two questions because it is Friday and I'm really itching to go outside because it's summer. Uh, but we will be back next week. So join us at 12 p.m. Central Time for our next Friday 15. Have a wonderful weekend and we will see you soon.